A recent study by DDI and the Conference Board tells us that out of 13,000 leaders surveyed, less than 20% were truly confident of leading well through current times that are volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Are you feeling like you could be part of the 80% battling with more questions and not enough answers about how to deal with the changing workplace? Well, coming up after the break, we have Elaine Rumble from the Creative Leadership Consultancy helping us explore a fresh leadership approach to build better organizational culture and engage employees to thrive in the modern world of work. Welcome to the People Switch Podcast. Switching you on to the modern world of work. Each week, we explore the latest trends and topics in company culture, employee experience, and how to build a great place to work. People Switch, turning people on, keeping them engaged. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Mullins, your host, and today we're excited to have Elaine Rumble join us for a conversation about how creative leadership can build a more inclusive and connected company culture for growth. Elaine is a well-known professor of play and currently heads up the Creative Leadership Consultancy in Cape Town, South Africa. It is here that she focuses on developing more agile, playful, curious and energized leaders. Elaine's earlier work in teaching and creativity has seen her recognized by the Businesswomen's Association as Woman of the Year, as well as becoming Dean for Damlin Management School and later the Director of Executive Education at UCT's Graduate School of Business. Elaine then completed a two-year stint with the Curtin Graduate School of Business in Perth and also served as a professor at Victoria University in Melbourne, Australia. She holds a master's degree in comparative literature and an MBA from WITS and was awarded a professorship in play and the chair in creative leadership by the Western Orthodox University in 2017. Her work has taken her across four continents where she has worked with teams and leaders across the spectrum, including some leading multinational brands. She is internationally accredited as a master Lego series play practitioner, as well as a blues singer and internationally published award-winning poet. We are truly honored to have Elaine join our conversation today. So I've always thought of management practices as an invented science. It was necessary for a certain place and time, and the problem is that what worked then doesn't necessarily fit now. In the past, command control styles suited the need for high-efficiency human production, but in our knowledge work environments now, this doesn't work. So when we started this conversation, I immediately wanted to know from Elaine how she approached this. Listen to what she had to say. So I think for me, the um, probably the main driver was that I had seen three very particular things at play in the world of work. And one was command, the other one was control, and the third was certainty. And there was this sort of belief that that if you followed the three C's, that everything would work out perfectly. And I was just beginning to realize that actually we live in a world which has uncertainty at its core, firstly. That what control does is allow people to feel terrified and scared and paralyzed if they're not getting it right. And and that what command really does is to put everything under one particular umbrella. So I was curious about... How how do we lead well in the world of work when that paradigm is no longer working for us? We don't work we don't work or operate in markets that whose boundaries are clearly clearly defined, and that's what those three things assume. We don't work in a world where answers are particularly powerful. We work in a world where multiple perspectives matter. So I was interested in how do we approach leadership differently. So. Because of my background, which to a large extent has been driven by creativity. I mean, the one thing you didn't mention is that I actually started off 
um, running workshops in maximum security prison, yeah. prisons. And for me, one of the biggest drivers there was to find a way to work with prisoners, many of whom were ex-death row prisoners, in a way which allowed them to reframe their thinking. So I used creativity and many different disciplines to get people to think differently about right. where they were in a place that they were never going to leave. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, the, the, the driver really was how, how do we create a way of leading which is around creative leadership? And to me, the, the four pillars on which the creative leadership consultancy are built really are playfulness, agility, curiosity, and energy. And when thinking about doing this podcast with you, I actually thought what's so awesome about that is that almost forms the the four legs of this table the, and the, the top of the table actually being bravery. So right. that's sort of the platform that you stand on. And and all the work that I really do is around being able to bring those things to, to the forefront. So it's clear that our world is not perfect. Change is coming faster at us than ever before causing chaos and uncertainty where before there was relative stability and some predictability about the rules for success. Leadership theory has tried to evolve to match this, but I suspect that the rate of change is far outstripping our ability to adapt or learn in a way that we may be used to. When I asked Elaine whether it was simply a case of finding a new leadership paradigm, she had this to say. So for me, I think, you know, it's, I I don't like binaries at all. I don't like either or thinking and it, it kind of makes me feel uncomfortable and then I get put in a corner. And I think the there are so many leaders that genuinely care and want to do a good job. I think the training just around how they lead is in a in a manner which which doesn't create the impact that they would like to have right now. So a lot of those people that lead from this place of over seriousness are doing so because they think that that's the way to get the best results. That if they make people focus and it's like completely about you know, going off in this particular direction and there is no fun and there is no laughter, we just get it done and we do it, that people are going to come along. But I, I think what, what gets forgotten is that so much of how we need to operate today is based on being able to be inclusive. Mm. And one of the greatest sort of drivers of inclusivity is connection. And one of the ways to connect is to laugh. And laughter is the byproduct of play. Mm. So so for me, this 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 place of over-seriousness that, that leaders go into is often because they don't have another way. And, and I, I think when I speak to, to people in organizations to do this kind of work, when I speak about the fact that because we care so much, we go to this place of over-seriousness and actually what we create is such drivenness around what it is that we're doing that we we land up creating spaces for burnout for cynicism for disengagement mm. and and really for mediocre work i think people relate because they've seen us yeah. i mean the evidence is pretty clear i mean i think we've got i mean just even in terms of 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 the rate of unhappiness in this country what have we got i mean that that report that was released in 2018 23 yeah. suicides yeah. but suicides that have been successful a day and that's yeah. not talking about the attempted yeah. suicide. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there was this article that came out that said that, you know, South Africans are some of the most suicidal and stressed out people in the world. And I think it's because we care so much. Yeah. And I think it's because it matters to us so that the work we do is amazing. So I think it's just really the approach to it okay. that I'm interested in looking at differently to say, is there a way that we can do this that doesn't result in that kind of behavior right. showing up? So maybe our leadership intentions are good and we do care but we just don't seem to be getting it right to keep our talent highly engaged. So where do we start and how can we, how can we build a willingness to experiment and play with new thinking that helps us? You know, without obviously using names of organizations, but I have seen so many cases of 
where people so desperately want something to work that they go into a place where they feel they need to control it, where they need to have 10 conversations around what it's going to look like because they're scared. They're scared of it not working. And I think what, what playfulness does is it just allows you to go you know there's not there's not one outcome that things have and often it's in the unfolding of things that you find the joy mm-hmm. and the meaning and the grit and the you know the pull um and 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 the worth so i i think it's more about i i think when we speak about i mean and, and this idea of of play elevating thinking i think what what playfulness does is it creates a space for, for more than one answer so when you're in a place where there are multiple perspectives, I think, I think it starts speaking to, I suppose, what I call the, the benefits of play. What, what playfulness allows you to do, and I suppose what laughter allows you to do, is to, to reach a far deeper emotional maturity. Because when we play, we make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And when we make mistakes in play, we laugh and we try again. Yeah. So it's kind of probably one of the, one of the few responses to uncertainty that really allows us to become comfortable with unfamiliar so so it allows you to build that that kind of deeper maturity because you you laugh and you try again in playfulness in playfulness i think it helps create better decision making because you know that yours is the yours is one perspective of many Hmm. so you've got more options available to you i think it increases your creativity because really bad into the fact that it increases your options um and you draw on others and you riff on others um i think what I love about about play is it reminds me of, you know, when we're little, you know, there is such extraordinary resourcefulness. You know, you build a spaceship in the garden and you may not have metal, but you don't think, oh, well, I don't have the right resources, so I'm not going to build it. You use whatever is there. Um, I think the other thing that I've seen through play, and, and maybe I kind of want to backtrack it a bit because I'd spent 15 years doing work in the world of reflection. So for me, I had believed for 15 years that when you get people to reflect, that you got them to process and move through. And then I discovered um, positive psychology and I discovered I was doing a lot of work on curiosity, which I was fascinated by. But so it really was in, in, in that place where I started thinking about a different way of engaging with leadership development that didn't require sitting in the past mm. and that didn't require sitting in regret and remorse. And then when I left um, the GSB at UCT, where I'd been working for seven years as a, the director of exec ed, I went and I studied Lego series play. And it was in that moment, I mean, I'll never forget, I was in that room and I was doing some of these builds and I was like, oh my God, I am so present <laughs> yeah. and I'm thinking of nothing else and I'm absolutely in flow. And unconsciously, absolutely, I'm thinking about what needs to be processed and what the challenges are. But in this moment, I have such energy and such resourcefulness. So really, I mean, that was how old was I? I was 42. So it was kind of at the age of 42, I, I completely shifted my, my world values around what I felt could make a profound impact and, and, and difference. To me, this is, in a, to a large extent, kind of what, what sits at the heart of, of being able to live well in the world is to, to understand and know deeply that creativity, innovation, and engagement, it's according to, um, I think it's Peter Bregan that says this, come from a place of not knowing. So yeah. all the, the extraordinary stuff do not come from a place of certainty. They don't come from a place of, of all-knowingness at all. Anything 
that is an, is an extraordinary experience, has uncertainty at, at its core. And when we understand that, then we understand the power of play, because that's the only thing that allows us firstly to become comfortable in that space, but it also allows things to collide with other things and for, I don't know, just for so many different possibilities to emerge. So if we get past the awareness that we need to change the way we manage and lead, and we're willing to at least explore new ways of leading or managing, a reasonable question would be, how do we do that? Where do I start? This is something I wanted to test with Elaine. With all of your experience and insights, is there something a willing manager could try now to better engage their teams for unleashing more of their potential? What could could one actually use to start in a place that does not have this as their languaging? And I think one of the the greatest doorways into playfulness, so it's kind of a gateway drug into playfulness, is probably <laughs> gratitude yeah. or an appreciation. And I thought what you one could start doing, and it's a process that I've used often um, as this kind of segue into different modules with organizations is what you do is you get the team, that you, and start off with a team that you're working with because the, the problem with this other kind of um, sort of hearkening about failure as a as a virtue is that it's an event you know it's a it's a it's a once weekly event and the problem with with those is that they don't really to me have a kind of very sustainable kind of edge to them anyway so so what they can do is so start off literally with your own team Mm -hmm. and what you do is you get everybody it's called angels and mortals so it's it's and it's i've seen the impact of this i mean it's 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 truly powerful because it even takes cynics to a place where they're like oh my hat this is amazing okay so this is what you do get everybody to put their name into a hat and you draw a name and you can just make sure that it's not your own name and for that month you are that person's angel and they are your mortal so they don't know who their angel is so everybody has an angel for a month that's looking after them and in that month what you do is you you can and it doesn't have to cost any money you but it takes care so you can leave like a cup of tea on their desk. You can put a leaf that you found on the pavement that looks beautiful on their chair. You can find a exquisite line from a poem that, that could help them. You can make them a playlist. But for that whole month, you can have their back in a meeting. But for that whole month, you are their angels, so you are looking after them. And often what we find in the, in the kind of reveal after the process is that people get their angels wrong. <laughs> Because all they are looking for is people doing them good. So right. all they're looking out for in the environment is not people that are going to stab them in the back, but people that are going to enable them and look after them. And it creates such a different space. Yeah. And it creates such a different culture. And it builds such a different kind of energy. And it creates a space where people connect better. People laugh. And already you've got this kind of sp- spirit of playfulness going. Because when people connect and when people laugh, and when people have energy, it allows them to literally take their thinking to the next level. So you spoke earlier about, yeah. you know, how can playfulness kind of create a, a different level of thinking? And what it what it can do is it can give the the self-confidence and the creativity and the, the purpose and the mastery to really get yourself to a better level of thinking. Because when you appreciate people in the room and you're not scared and you don't think that people are out to get you, it's amazing where you can go to and the connections that you make with others. Because I do believe that the more you, the more that you share, the more you win. I right. mean, I really, right. really do. When we talk about changing culture, 
There is a tendency to think of these things as if they need to be highly managed programs, often led by senior managers and driven through HR teams. But this is simply not the case. Culture change can start at team level in simple ways, as Elaine explains for us here. I think it kind of I think it kind of starts in a place before. It's almost like a parallel process that happens. Um, so I think as the the head of that team, I think there also needs to be perhaps some evidence before that things are changing for you. So there's almost like a, a habit or a ritual or a practice that you as that team leader can actually start. And then the second phase being doing like running this process with right. your team. And the one thing that I that I often do with the people that I work with is I say, okay, cool. How are we going to build a more playful practice for you first? And there's a, a lovely method from behavioral economics called habit stacking, which is just unbelievably useful for this. Because often we have great intentions around how we're going to change things. And then we overload ourselves. We're going to do this like seven times a week. And we're going to do it twice a day. And you do it like once. And yeah. then I'm never doing this again. That was just so exhausting and overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so it's about saying, what, what are the habits that we have in our lives that we can stack something on top of? So if one of the issues that you face is the fact that you are really not unbelievably present for the people either in your life or even just for yourself, that you're not present to what's going on. What, it's, what, what is something that you can do? And you can think, okay, cool. Well, what I could do is I could find a way to appreciate myself or others more. And a habit that you do every day is you brush your teeth. So what if you had to stack the habit of appreciation on top of teeth brushing? So when you're brushing your teeth, you've got two minutes. There's nothing to do. Yeah. And to think in those two minutes, for, for one of the two minutes about how you can appreciate yourself, like what... What is something I really appreciate my, about myself as I stand here? And the second minute using like, what is it about something in my world or someone in my world that I also appreciate? And I promise you, if you build that as a daily practice, you build so much more energy and so much more presence into who you are as a human being. And it shows up. And so for me, it's almost like, yes, it's important at the team level, but start with yourself. Start with yourself and get to a point where you where there's an iota of you that also has seen the value, has seen the benefit and believes it to be true. So one of the dangers with any culture work is the idea that we're trying to do this to align everyone in a way that's almost cult-like, where everyone is the same. Everyone speaks the same, they look the same, they think the same. That's really not helpful at all. As a bit of a maverick herself, Elaine makes a good case for using a more engaging culture to rather focus on an exclusive culture that brings mavericks in and maximizes on their value. I suppose because I've always been a maverick. So you put me in situations where I don't feel aligned and I will, like, I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> but put me in places where I'm aligned and I'll yeah. flourish and yeah, I'll grow yeah. everything around me. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a great sympathizer <laughs> with, a, with, a, with the toxics. Yeah. Because yeah. the toxics are really just people who haven't become congruent with what's going on. Right. And I think if you give people something to believe in and you, and you really bring people on board, often that behavior changes. And, and those are often people with the most remarkable energy. And if you, if you bring those people along, wow, they can change culture so for the better. And I think those are, those are almost your, your litmus tests in organizations, those mavericks. Mm. You know, identify who the mavericks are, get them involved in the process of what culture change looks like, bring them on board, and also have, have place for some irreverence, you know, don't... Because those people are those people bring the playfulness with them, you know. Yeah. So it's often the cynics and the ones that are the most irreverent that bring the greatest kind of grit and joy and interestingness around yeah. around what's going on. So is there really hope that we can turn things around for organizations that are so entrenched in their cultures or thinking about what success could look like? Is it too late for them? 
And is playful culture more than the demand of startups and the next generation of leadership? I think we I think we also miss the trick when we focus only on on disruption in organizations because sure. I think that disruption sits very comfortably in the world of of startups and of having to sit at the edge of massive risks so that people can kind of earn better returns on investments but I think when you're sitting with a different kind of fiduciary responsibility and you have you know shareholder responsibility that that needs to be honored then I think inclusiveness becomes far more important. It's about mm, how do we yeah. how do we actually connect people mm. in places where they don't feel that connected. I mean, and I think this is where the the idea of playing the the right game in the wrong you know the right game in the wrong way comes in and can be incredibly uplifting. I mean, it's a it's a term by Gilles Deleuze that that I've always loved, but it also reminds me of a of another term um, when he. I mean, I. I was speaking to you earlier about I did my master's, my research master's on work by Deleuze. And one of the lines that he had, him and Guattari, was around in the, in the field of work they were operating and they just said, it smells bad here. <laughs> and it's like, how do we get the bad smell out? And I think you do it with, with fresh air. And I think play is a wonderful breeze. So with some final parting words, Elaine tells us this. I think my parting words are, start with yourself. You know, start with yourself. There's that lovely line about start with your start with your you know your voice trembling, with your hands shaking, with your with your knees shuddering. I mean, I'm I'm probably brutalizing the whole thing, but it's start with everything of you terrified and just start with you. And there's a there's an incredible bravery in that 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 is visible. But I think if you want to go and change other people, when nothing around how you've behaved has changed. It, it, there's a terrible hollowness that it builds. I think my last parting words would be start with yourself and and find ways to experiment and find ways in which to just be curious around how things could unfold. And and every time you get scared, do what a friend of mine always says to me whenever she's terrified or gets her buttons pushed, she goes, I always say, isn't this fascinating? A huge thanks to Elaine for her wonderful insights and creative approach to leadership and for sharing some real practical tips for managers to help them build more engaging and inclusive cultures. So if you want to get hold of Elaine, please visit her website, creativeleadershipconsultancy.com, or follow her on Twitter. You can get her at her handle, at Elaine Rumble. I look forward to our next episode and to exploring more of these fascinating topics with you all. Take care. Thank you for joining us on the People Switch podcast. Make sure to visit www.peopleswitch.co.za where you will find more on how to build engaging company cultures and experiences to unlock the power of people. Catch up on our previous episodes, subscribe to our feed and follow us on Twitter. People Switch, turning people on, keeping them engaged.